recording mic testing one two cool yeah sounds good yes. hello and welcome this is another episode for the playstyle podcast and i have a very interesting guest with me the interesting part is i don't know much about him so i'll let him introduce first uh, after that i'll tell you what the podcast is about so hello nikhil hey shant thank you for that uh, uh, succinct introduction <laughs> so uh, and thanks for having me up uh, so I- i've always been a gamer and i've always been wanted to i've always wanted to involve myself in something gaming so uh, i guess that's why i started my career as a tech journalist so i reviewed games for a living i was reviewing games for pc world and digit and score and things like that so that was in the early stages of i guess gaming journalism in india yeah uh, yeah and uh, i've always been a gamer predominantly a pc gamer i've barely gamed on the console and uh, ever since then i have been uh, i've been uh, i'm i've been a, an advertising and a marketing professional and i'm also a published author so i've uh, written uh, two books with harper collins and uh, i'm working on my third book so this is yeah. so cool this is so <laughs> cool glad, i have a published yeah i have a published <laughs> author on my podcast in my third episode so that's <laughs> amazing uh, and actually like the way we spoke was i had put this message on twitter that if someone wants to talk to me about games please reach out and he replied so for people who haven't replied go and reply so that we can talk so mm-hmm. that this is the podcast where we talk about games i usually like to talk about games generally because with anyone and it's a cool uh, thing i think to talk about games with the people who don't make them in my circle it's uh, usually everyone who makes games so it's fun to uh, know the perspective from people who are actually playing them not making them because it's very different the way we approach games yeah. because we are always thinking about oh how do i make this or why this works or doesn't very true yeah, yeah. and it's cool that you mentioned that you were a, a reviewer and a, ju- a game journalist so i i would still like to know what would be your first memories of games and how did you get into this we don't need to talk about the work aspect of it as much yeah. but just about any games yeah sure sure so uh, i mean uh, i think the first game like a lot of uh, kids who grew up in the middle class in the early 90s in india i my first console was a little master a media little master console mm-hmm. which is one of those uh, i think uh, pirated nintendo <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah i don't i don't know which which, I, which I nintendo maybe was it a gamecube no it wasn't a gamecube equivalent it was one of the 8 bit 8 bit whatever yes. was the 8 bit yeah. console equivalent right so on that i was playing a lot of games i was playing like the your regular stuff like contra and your super mm-hmm. mario brothers uh tank russian attack i mean i mean i just some excite bike a lot of those things right i think but my first serious memories of gaming are probably once i got my first pc this would be like a zenith intel like a pentium 1 yeah. pc back in i think some 96 or something like that and uh, i think one of my first memories of gaming would be when i started playing uh uh dios ex Oh so yeah, the the Warren Spector game. So that was one of my first, like I guess, uh, uh, seminal memories of gaming, like serious gaming at least. Yeah, of course. I, I <laughs> mean, uh, there was a lot of those early PC games that everyone got introduced to gaming as such, and over time it has like grown to a lot of different ways. Uh, so it's quite uh, interesting. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Deus Ex was it the whole. 
intricate storyline and the yes. choice based things that was yeah. uh, really interesting or like just because you got this game oh no so at that point obviously i couldn't uh, buy any games because there was like very little option to go buy games legally so you basically had to go uh, like once in a year you go to palaka bazaar in yeah. delhi and pick up as many of those cds as possible or you kind of go to a regular uh, local net cafe and they'd kind of give you a cd so deus sex was just one of those games that kind of i ran across and uh, what i loved about it was the way the story was told not just through cut scenes or with two characters talking to each other but through these little diary entries that you would find mm-hmm. through you know these journal entries through these books these pdas or whatever you find yeah. across and you know it kind of built out the game world so that was really fascinating yeah uh, that's interesting and then uh, it's also those choice based elements that the game has right yes your story of course, changes of course. which is uh, which is yeah and, and it was probably one of the first games that taught you that every choice is uh, important because sometimes you just kind of make a choice because it's you know it's an fps game so you think that you'll just play through it but then you realize that oh because i killed that person now this person won't talk to me or you know whatever. yeah yeah and and talking about those old games they have evolved over time to a lot of different things so coming to present time just give what are you currently playing or what kind of games do you usually play uh so current okay so just recently i got off i started read rereading a lot of hp lovecraft so uh he's this like uh, 19th century early 20th century horror writer yeah uh, based out of uh, the united states so he used to write a lot of stuff around cosmic horror so like the call of cthulhu the shadow of ends ah, yeah. and things like that yes i've heard right, the so, names never read it so i don't have a lot of context So there are entire genre of games that are called Lovecraftian games. Yes, I've heard so of I, the genre. Yeah. I don't know what it is, so it would be great if you explain. Sure, sure. So I just started playing this. So I made a collection of about six, seven games, and I said that you know what? Let me while I'm reading this book, I just want to play some Lovecraftian games. So there were some uh, really uh, like popular games. Like there was uh, a game that came out I think two, three years ago called The Sinking City by Frogwares. There's this game called The Call of Cthulhu by uh, Nakon, I think. Uh, then there are some uh, relatively unknown games like uh, Moons of Madness and uh, um, Conarium. And there's a and there's of of course this really these two really popular games. One is uh, uh, a game called Grim Dawn, which is like an ARPG, like a Diablo like yeah. kind okay. of a Diablo like game. and uh, there is a game called darkest dungeon yeah darkest dungeon yes i have so, heard of that like it is so, yeah. quite popular yeah and so then yeah yeah and these are a lot more narrative based like which i can uh, assume you like more because obviously yes. you write to like uh, you <laughs> like to write stories and you are a published author so of course and you you do play only on pc or on yes yes i build my own pc and i play only on my pc oh, that that's nice but do you also uh, like kind of go to other places maybe consoles or maybe mobile phones maybe no i've i've never i've never owned a console but yeah i play on my phone i play on my phone regularly i mean my phone thing is like when i have 15 20 minutes to kill and i know that i don't want to play like a full fledged pc game i'll open like a real racing 3 or uh, uh, i don't know what's like a, a like a stardew valley so that's oh. on the phone now so uh, you know a little bit like you can just kind of spend 15 20 minutes in it and do it yeah because uh, that's what interests part is with these different platforms is that your your complete behavior on each platform as a player 
is different when you when you look at uh, your PC gaming habits, it would be completely different from yeah. your uh, mobile gaming habits. So that's Absolutely. why I, would, I wanted to ask, like, what what would be your mobile favorites as, yeah. as such as well? Uh, so yeah, like I said, I've been playing these two games right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I stick on a mobile game for months on end because you end up playing only about 15-20 minutes uh, when you get the time. So it doesn't really bore you, you know, so you just keep playing. Yeah, that, uh, is, that is uh, very cool. Like you stick on a mobile game for a longer time because there is a lot of times that you like enter a mobile game and there are players who like play for a short time and then exactly uh, let me check out the next one. So exactly. you want to stick to one mobile game longer yeah yeah i think it's mainly because if, if honestly every day i was playing a mobile game for four or five hours mm-hmm. i'd honestly get bored of it because the gaming loop isn't that strong in a mobile game as opposed to like a a triple a AAA game or a, or a game on a larger platform uh, so i would honestly get bored but uh, as long as i'm playing like about 10 15 minutes a day yeah. the loop is strong enough to kind of make me want to log in tomorrow again and kind of play for yeah. another 10 minutes yeah, that's that's interesting because one of the strong things that mobile games have to uh, work on, like they have to make it stronger, is that the loop of getting the player back. Uh, because and I think that works for the games you like uh, yeah. over there. And then now, if you compare uh, that kind of your experience with your PC gaming experience, you come back to your PC game just because you like the story. Or yes, so I think yeah. So I think it's the experience overall. Uh, think of it almost like I don't know. I mean, I I know this might make PC gaming sound like it's a little. I'm talking about it like as if it's the old platform to game, but it's like appointment viewing. You know, like yeah. when you had cable TV versus when you have Netflix. Yeah. Cable TV meant that you know you knew that you had to go at 8 p.m. to watch a certain show. Otherwise, you would have to. Otherwise, it's done. You yeah. leave. Right? You don't, you miss the show. On Netflix, you just log into Netflix at any given point in time and watch a particular show. So PC gaming is like that. You have to kind of set an appointment, say that, okay, you know what, I'm, today I'm going to game like at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock or something like that. And then you go and game. Uh, as opposed to like a mobile game, you just kind of step in, step out whenever you have 15 minutes to kill. Yeah, and, and to make that time that you want to game for this time is also very yeah. important. Even PC or even consoles, like even when I play, I'm like, yeah, maybe I have an hour, Mm -hmm. so I might switch on my console or just no, uh, whatever. So, uh, yeah, and that that, that is the cool difference that these two platforms bring. And now, since there are so many different ways to engage in games, it's just you have a lot of options. And so... uh, now we just talk about the story based games on pc uh, or the kind of the racing uh, or the stardew valley kind of games on your mobile so is there anything that you think that you like about them like yeah this game uh, you said darkest dungeon so this game i liked because of this particular thing whereas right. something else i tried which was eh, i didn't like it so i moved on that's yeah so I think when I was uh, earlier, when I didn't have a job or whatever, as in school or college, every game that I managed to get my hands on was like a treasure. It yeah. didn't matter if it was a really bad game, I'd still play it. Okay, like I remember uh, at some point of time, I think 2005, 2006, there was a George Romero movie called uh, The Dawn of the Dead or The Land of the Dead or one of those movies that come out. And they'd come out with a tie-in game called Land of the Dead Fiddler's Green or something like that. 
it's a shitty game. It's a horrible game. You wouldn't give one minute to it. But I mean, that was the only game I had. I could afford, so I just played through it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, in the in the older times, it's understandable. Like we we were out of like options. Now you have all the options. Yeah, really. exactly. So now now I've actually realized that I can stop playing games. Mm-hmm. So there have been games like, uh, for instance, I remember. Yeah, there's this. It's a great game. Don't take me. Don't get me wrong. I think. I mean, it's got great critical reviews. Uh, so there are two such games. So one is Hades. I really tried to get into Hades, which is this uh, roguelike uh, action game where you play somebody from Greek mythology. So it's by Supergiant Games, I think. Okay. So, yeah. so yeah. So I really tried to get into it, but I honestly uh, do not get, like roguelikes yes. because I mean, you know, uh, for me, roguelikes like. I want to progress. Roguelikes make you die seventeen thousand times before you can progress. I don't like that. Which I didn't like Hades as much. There's this other game I recently got into called um, the the Forgotten City, which mm-hmm. is like a narrative. It's a pure narrative based game uh, where you play an archaeologist who finds this hidden Roman city. It, it, it again got really good uh, good reviews and stuff, but somehow I don't know. Again, it has this gameplay loop where you have to die multiple times to figure out what to do when you come back to life. Yeah. So I, I'm just not a big fan of that kind of gameplay. I I, I can get it like uh, or even Dark Souls for that example. I don't know if you have. Oh God, I, I'm waiting to play Dark Souls, and I have uh, I'm waiting to play Dark Souls using Wii Mod, which is this app that lets me put God Mode on. I'm going to play <laughs> Dark Souls one, two, three using God Mode because I know I don't have the patience to play it on like whatever the actual difficulty is. Yeah, because that's what the reason I haven't like tried Dark Souls is that I've just seen everyone just dying every time. I'm like, no, I I don't like uh, getting. Killed in the game so much, so I'll not get to try that game. Uh, because even even though the story is interesting, sometimes there is this narrative hook that gets you, or sometimes there is the difficulty that mm. gets you. And I know a lot of people who love Dark Souls for the difficulty. Yeah, yeah, but I don't understand. But I don't understand that one big conversation that emerged about. Uh, in uh, basically making games accessible. So a lot of people are like, you know, no, no, no. You can't ask for uh, you can't ask the game designer for Dark Souls to include an easy mode mm-hmm. because the entire point of the game is to figure out through learning and through hard work and effort or whatever stuff. You know, and my simple perspective to that is gaming is the only media in which you can literally let people choose the way they want to experience the the the, uh, the piece of art. Why wouldn't you give that freedom to everybody? Yeah. If you want to play it on very hard, hardcore, you know, whatever mode, play it on very hard mode. But for people who don't want to kind of, you know, they just want to experience a story, you want to enjoy a game, there is zero this thing in just making games inclusive and accessible. I mean, there is, I don't know, zero drawbacks in that. I see. Yeah, in a way, I also agree. Like, if it was easier, I might have given it a shot and uh, tried it. But then again, I also understand the part that that is the core attraction like if someone plays dark souls like that kind of difficult game they have the affinity yeah. saying that yes i play it and i'm proud of playing it and that is the kind of uh, like which i think is the uh, thought behind that yes you have to make it so niche that uh, it is those strong core audience that we target to like yes you die millions of times and that's the fun <laughs> part of it and, and, and 
I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Just as long as nobody has an issue with me playing it in God mode and not dying once. Yeah, you're playing by yourself. You don't have yeah, to yeah. like compete with anyone. So so that's fine. And and yeah, it was a, a good segue into this topic also. Like what I, I would have asked, like what is it that you hate? Like this difficulty is one thing or uh, maybe when, when it comes to uh, difficulty on PC games, uh, let's maybe on mobile mm-hmm. games is there something that you uh, hate that oh no i see this in the game i am not going to play it i wish it mm-hmm. wasn't there so i think one is uh, uh, there are definite tropes or trends that emerge every you know so like for example the survival craft trope you know that trend emerged so mm-hmm. every other game was survival craft you land you wake up on a deserted island you have to pick up logs and build houses yeah. and so, I mean, when there are some games that do it well, like The Forest does it really well, uh, The Lone Dark does it really well. Mm-hmm. But when you have every other game trying to do the same thing, especially if they, you know, they're just doing it as an added feature, I don't get that. So yeah. I hate I hate those games. Uh, I also think, I mean, I don't really like games which are not, which don't stick true to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they start off telling a different type of story and they end up telling a different type of story because the gameplay demands it. Like, for example, there'll be games where the story is intentionally told in a way that is not, uh, I guess, meant for a boss battle. But because boss battles are expected, you will put a boss battle. Yeah. So, I, you know, when you are not true to your own narrative style, you kind of cop out. You're like, it's like a Hindi movie. Gana to dal nahi hai. Yeah. You know, gana nahi dalenge, the public kya hai, kaise It's like that. But pura movie to aisa nahi lag tha ki gana dalogi. Yeah, and that that is a difficult... Uh, part of like while making those games as well because you have to uh, like target the audience that likes it and while uh, mm. keeping your story structure and your narration well and uh, especially when it comes to like the PC games and this longer term games you have to, yeah. to have that consistency of story throughout because you want story you want the choices to affect your story and then how it uh, Affects in a good way, bad way, because there are so many examples where like people have built up to a grand ending and they have been disappointed. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like Mass Effect comes to mind, but yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's perfectly like a, a good point that uh, you need to, if you are having the narration as a hook, then that that narration has to. Uh, stick around and be consistent throughout uh, one uh, funny thing we used to discuss like at some point it was like oh there are these uh, skyrim like games like uh, this whole open world and then there is a wooden door where you can you literally have fire but you can't put that fire on the door and break it so it's like why i i have, yeah. I have the power of fire but it doesn't like it doesn't yeah. make sense so, so <laughs> I mean, Skyrim is a, still a great game and people are still playing it, yes. But there are these smaller things which kind of break that consistency. Yeah, I think uh, Clint Hawking, uh, I, I hope I'm getting his name right, had a term for it, right? Uh, ludonarrative dissonance. Mm-hmm. So basically, the game puts you in a, in a perspective where you are the player, where you are the protagonist or whatever. Yes. And then it makes uh, takes active decisions that pull you out of... Uh, that uh, that uh, mind frame that where yeah. you, where you know where, 
they tell you that hey, you are the hero, you are the one who can do everything, and then they put a door in front of you that you cannot break down. Even <laughs> so, that that that's an instance of like ludo narrative dissonance. Yeah, and that I think when it, whenever it comes to like any game where you have a character, uh, or you are the superhero part of it, and you are playing a character, then it becomes like a. a a problem to solve like sometimes some things uh, yeah. uh, solve it some don't like whatever but uh, and i think i i see it with uh, even the superhero movies kind of tropes like the, the superhero is amazing he does amazing things at the end of the movie but wait if he did this amazing scene just 15 minutes before the end would have been there so why do you have to yeah. build it like when you think about it it makes yeah. sense <laughs> so i feel see so i i think that a lot of fiction whether mm. where in the form of movies or games or uh, books you know they have to kind of follow that three arc structure right yes so you introduce the hero you introduce the hero at its peak or at least take him to his peak or her peak then you make her fall down yeah. You then you kind of and give them a give them a thing barrier that they have to overcome so that they can go back to the top. Correct. Right. So that there's a three act structure. And for a for a non interactive media like a, a book or a movie, it's fine. It works because yes. there is one person's vision that you're seeing on the screen. But when it comes to a game where you have not just the game designer's vision but also the player's vision of how he wants to or she wants to play the game, then it becomes a problem following that three act structure. You know? Yeah. Because because you don't know at what point does the player see themselves as the hero. The story might want to say that, no, no, at this point you have reached level 35 and you are an absolute world beater. But maybe I reach level 35 after dying some 17,000 times and I still have picked the wrong sword, I've yeah. picked the wrong boots. I've picked... So I may not feel like a hero, but the game wants to say that I'm a hero, you know. So I'll not, I'll not get the same kind of an effect. At that point, if you put like a boss in front of me who's incredibly difficult to beat... Somebody who is the hero that the designer intended to be, they'll enjoy it. But for somebody who's just gispitke, they've reached that stage, yeah. they're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to get that catharsis that you get from a three-act story. Yes, and, and it is a difficult part of this interactive medium to solve. And that's why a lot of the popular kind of games, like the games which are like played by masses, are not driven mostly by the narrative like yeah. it's more of like like you say the matching games or the very casual in mm, that yeah. that sense where you don't have to think about the story for long like the real racing example yeah, that you yeah. made. so you don't really have to think about you as a uh, race, race driver <laughs> and <laughs> his storyline and all yeah. that you just go into yeah. the races play it it's exactly. okay yeah it kind of helps to solve that problem by just giving you things to control rather than putting you uh, in the shoes of a person uh, doing these things. Actually, that's the reason why I love the original Need for Speed Most Wanted. It was like an RPG game masquerading yes. as an open world uh, racing game, right? You were essentially playing the driver and you could like with you upgrade your cars, buy a better car, buy a better car, fight all these bosses and go to the next stage. It was an amazing game. I still love it. Yeah, and, and they... they did try repeating it with a lot of their recent versions. They haven't got the like that same appeal to it in some way. Like because mm -hmm. I, I was playing one of their uh, recent Need for Speed versions. I forgot the name, maybe Payout mm -hmm. or something. I think the last one, oh, there was one uh, called Undercover. I remember there was an Undercover, there was a reboot, Need for Speed. Yeah, there, there, there have been so many, so yeah, many. The last one is called Heat. 
Need for speed heat. Yeah. And and they have tried to uh, get to that uh, story structure or this mm. uh, built up of uh, like, oh, this is the story. Someone is going behind your crew or whatever and then you mm. grow up. But maybe it doesn't uh, hit the same way as the original most wanted. I think that's literally the story of every Need for exactly. Speed game. You have a crew, you, you are at the top of a game, they throw you down, now you have to fight for your crew. Yeah. <laughs> and and one thing like when I was playing this, one thing I thought was maybe the whole uh, like in overall pop culture and the media we have the Fast and Furious series which takes this mm. to the extreme, which has taken to I don't know how many parts there are. So that that kind of story, that structure, like oh you are at the top, you go, then you group together with family and uh, those kind of tropes. It has been so overdone that even with Need for Speed trying to get back to its roots, it will be very difficult for them yeah. to do the same kind of appeal with the storyline. I think that's the it raises a good point. Can you ever do a good story-driven racing game? I mean, I remember there was this uh, series of games called Driver. I never played yes, them. Yes, I they, have they played quite, one of them. Uh, yes. They were quite story-driven, I think. But can you ever do a story-driven racing game? I mean, that maybe that's something that I don't know. Ubisoft can do. You put a take a car up a tower, and you have to jump off the tower <laughs> to unlock waypoints and things like that. But maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a good it's a good thing to do. A story-driven racing game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, many have tried, many are still trying. So <laughs> let's see. Uh, there have been some good examples in some in some parts, like Need for Speed being one, mm. and whatever. And then, uh, like, because it's interesting with with a racing game or with something like an action game, like a lot of this is your experience with those cool moments, right? That that mm. you that you get. Uh, so. Is it those cool moments that are more cool? Like, I'm just randomly talking about this. This yeah, is yeah. not a question or anything. Like, is it those cool moments that are like, oh, wow, let me play more? Or is it like how I get to that cool moment? Like, I decided on this. I decided on that. It was because of my decisions that I'm here. Understood. So, I think uh, that's a great way to actually pose. If, if you meet a non-gamer mm-hmm. and somebody asks you, hey, man, what's the difference between like an RPG and an FPS. Yeah. Uh, you know, that would be a great way to put it. One makes you feel like you're working towards something and when you reach level 50 and you can like literally go back to the first area you came in and you can beat all the goblins and the demons and stuff. There's some there's a sense of power you feel. You know, like when you're in Skyrim and you kind of go back to whatever is the first village and yeah. you can beat all the wolves outside it, right? Uh, an FPS, like, like a, a Call of Duty, you remember it based on the moments. Like Call of Duty 1... Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, you remember with uh, the, the, the all gillied up mission in yes. Pripyat, right? Yeah. Uh, you remember Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 with the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, no Russian. Yeah, the very controversial level. The no Russian yes. stage. Uh, uh, Call of Duty 3, I don't remember it. Much except for the fact that it was in Himachal Pradesh. There was like yeah, one there, there was stage in Himachal yeah, One of the, the recent stage in Himachal Pradesh. But there's a lot of like FPS games where I think you remember moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of FPS gaming is built from those moments. Like the original Half-Life. If, uh, if you remember one of the initial monsters that you cannot beat with uh, gunfire is this nail monster. 
that kind of breaks through and just keeps tapping 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 yeah. on the uh, floor and you have to basically go down every level and turn on rocket engine so that the rocket engine burns that's a incredible moment that you still remember it's like as fresh as like you, you as if you just played yesterday you know so that's that's i think that's the one big difference between a lot of fpss and a lot of rpgs like one is all about building you up making you uh, the journey one is about those moments like those rapid fire moments that hit you. yeah yeah of course and uh, that uh, that's kind of the difference on some people do like that whole build up towards this one big thing like, like any uh, rpg examples of or even those world of warcraft where you like level mm-hmm. up for ages like people are still yeah. playing for i don't know how many years and <laughs> it's still a thing that makes you it's the aspirational value like for some people the aspirational value is the school moments let me get into the action really fast whereas this build up to that cool moments and uh, like for you where i like in all your examples it's more about the narrative driven part mm-hmm. of it it's very interesting that you have that interest of building towards like i want to go through the story and yeah. find something as a peak Uh, rather than like a lot of times when i'm playing like i would say like let me get into the action as fast as possible <laughs> i would be happy because a lot of times when the story goes a little longer i'm like no i don't have that much time so, i think that's that's also the reason why i uh, i mean you know when you have very long ass cut scenes that's not a great way to i i don't like like super long that's why i guess i don't like a lot of jrpgs because you have yeah. like 30 minute cut scenes or something so uh, you know but I I like uh, games where the story is told through the environment like a BioShock a mm. system shock in fact uh, tells the story through the environment I, like you look out the window and you know that you are you are at a certain point in the space station or you are at a certain point in uh, what's the name of the city in BioShock uh, yeah even after rapture rapture, rapture rapture yes so you are at a certain point in rapture and you are near the opera you are near, you know so the, the environment tells the story like in half life 2 when you are moving from city 17 like when you are walking through city 17 when you are introduced to city you know that it's like a, an eastern european like a pre breaking down of the co- uh, the berlin wall kind of east rush like Uh, you know uh, uh, west russian kind of an environment east european yeah. environment and you know that it's all dystopian and everybody yeah. is gray and down and everybody so it's like nobody is coming in in a cutscene telling you that oh we live in a dystopian universe right now it's the yeah. environment telling you the story and i love that yeah and some some games do like these examples basically they do that part really well and like that's what makes you engage with them a lot more yeah so uh, i'll now because we discussed a lot of these narrative driven games i'll just ask you if i you would have to play something that is like completely different from your uh, type of games that mm. you play uh, say uh, not narrative driven not yeah. a very single player uh, experience mm. what do you think would interest you to play that So I'd love to be good at uh, fighter games. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be good at like a Street Fighter or an Injustice oh, or okay. a, you know uh, uh, there are a bunch of these King of All Fighters and I'd love Mortal Kombat. Yes. But I just am not good. At, I I love that because one is uh, a, I feel like when you are when like it's so visceral. Mm-hmm. 
and the moves are so cool <laughs> yes that you want to do it like it's it's almost like every fight becomes like a, a hunt for easter eggs because you want to kind of hit that fatality or you want to hit that right move or you want to unfortunately i'm terrible at yeah i mean <laughs> fighting here. i mean i'm just like i just i can just do upper punch and lower kick that's and then it's know. button mashing and yeah, someone exactly. who knows the games will come and destroy you and exactly. like, how does this work i wish i wish i would be i could be i was good at those games but then you like in that way you think the skill is the factor where you la- you wouldn't try that game skill and i guess patience i mean i know okay. that if i keep trying to play it for weeks on end i'm sure i'll be decent at it i'll become decent at it you know because i'm i'm a pretty relatively good gamer so it's not like i have my dexterity is an issue yeah and and it's the same kind of logic where like those games which make you die 1000 times are not really yeah fun for you in in exactly exactly and yeah and i guess when a game see for me i'm a, i'm a very i guess i i enjoy the mental side of things more than the physical side of things so if a game wants me to do physical stuff like literally mm-hmm. you know remember this combo and put your thumb in ways that it shouldn't go yeah. because you have to press like three buttons at once and stuff i am not doing that yeah and in, in some of the games you actually have to pause and then go back and le- check yeah, all your moves list uh, yeah, and then yeah, try yeah, it yeah. and it doesn't work yeah, yeah. Wow. i can't i can't i don't have the patience for it unfortunately yeah and that's per- like perfectly fine because uh, it it gives that's what i'm trying to like talk about in that way like oh there are these different kind of players where yeah. uh, different things uh, interest different players and yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah and it and it's good to get to know those kind of point of views because it's it's fairly straightforward yes the story is amazing it's uh, great that interests me but then to listen to it from the player's perspective it's it's yeah. quite uh, quite interesting and it is good for me as well <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, again like i'll go to that part where so if you have to try something now uh, the fighting games is one maybe yeah. a fortnite or or something which is oh, very oh very weird yeah. uh, like completely different on your phone uh, got it uh, okay on my phone if you are talking specifically on my phone okay i'd love to get involved in some of the card games like the card uh-huh. battlers okay like your hearthstone or your magic the gathering yes. or even like something like i think slay the spire or mm-hmm. i'd love to get into that uh, i've never really got into it i used to play hearthstone a little bit at the beginning but i didn't uh, i didn't really follow up i think yeah. i uh, it just became like a little bit about the managing the deck got a little hectic for me yes. and i had to remember <laughs> a lot of stuff so i i kind of dropped off but i'd love to get into that because i think that's a perfect uh, format or a genre for uh, a mobile phone mm-hmm. yeah and uh, yeah they, they there are like quite a few such games like this card collection and yeah. all that which get super uh, competitive and quite yes. complex the more you play as well so yeah it's 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 nice like good to talk about all these different genres and uh, basically like the way uh, the reason i asked like okay this Uh, games for pc or for phone is just because we started out with that uh, yeah. point that but there's pc games and phone games you play so that, that's nice mm-hmm. i think uh, i don't have anything more to discuss and we have a lot of recording 
Okay, so if you don't mind, I'll just plug my books. Yes, that's yeah. what I was going to come to because okay. you should definitely plug all your books now, and I will also be checking out. Okay, awesome. So thank you for listening to Ishan's podcast, The Playstyle. It's super cool that uh, he's uh, doing this, and it was lovely to have this conversation with him. Uh, let me plug my books at this point. If you like games and you like the way stories are told through games. Uh, my first book is the one for you. It's called Cold Truth. It's uh, it's kind of a sci- science fiction thriller where a journalist is investigating the disappearance of a young girl, and the entire story is told through uh, other forms of media. So either uh, that people have come across. So it's newspaper articles, WhatsApp messages, surveillance footage, emails, diary entries. Uh, so things like that. So the entire story is just told through that. There is, at no point does the author come in and say she said this. No, if she said this, it will be recorded in an email oh, or something. Wow. So, so yeah, that's my first book. So if you like games, you'll enjoy reading that book. My second book is called Yesterday's Ghosts. It's a spy thriller, horror kind of a novel. It's based. It's based. It's uh, about uh, four old spies who uh, start getting messages in a code from somebody they know is dead. Uh, in a war th- that was like that happened 30 years ago so this is i i try to experiment with my style so this uh, book is more in the interrogative style a lot of the story is told in interrogation rooms where somebody's asking a question and the other person is telling his or her version of the story so if you like unreliable narrators and you like a little bit of spy mixed in with a little bit of thriller and horror that uh, second book will be uh, up your street so Got Cold Truth and Yesterday's Ghosts from HarperCollins. Both are available on Amazon. Do check them out. Yeah, definitely. Like even I'll check them out. Like I I haven't read them yet. I saw there are two books uh, on my wish list now. I'll definitely mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, that's great and and it was a good conversation to end on this note because we talked a lot of uh, like this narrative based games and you know why because <laughs> Nikhil is writing narrative uh, and uh, the stories and some cool stuff here so thank you for listening and thank you Nikhil for being part of this podcast and thank my, you so much, uh, and my early experimentation <laughs> subject so yes yes <laughs> So when, when we go to serial level podcast or Joe Rogan level podcast level, then we'll, I, people will remember I was the third guest. Yeah, exactly. So yes. I, I hope that happens. Great. <laughs> Thank you. And now, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, do like, follow, share, all that stuff. It's uh, the Instagram pa- page is playstyle.podcast. So go there. I'll keep posting whenever a new episode is out. And it's available on a lot of platforms now. So thank you. I guess that's all. Thanks, Nikhil. I'll Thanks, Ashan. <laughs>